Well, I've always said, and I hope you agree, that leadership is its own skill set. But do you really just get paid for leadership? And the answer is, well, yes. Okay, you get paid to get things done. I get it. However, this is a big however. Having bad leadership will eventually lead you to not get paid, to not be employed for very long. You can't just fake it, make it up, whatever. You have to get things done through other people. So let me help you with a good way of investing your time by the four quads of leadership. That's four areas that by putting your leadership effort into it will yield high level rewards. The good news is, is that you're probably already good at some of these, hopefully. But if not, if you're frustrated, if you feel like your team is not getting anywhere, if you invest in these four areas of leadership, the four quads, you'll hit your goals. You'll increase profit and productivity and maybe even keep a little bit of your sanity. Coming up next. You found the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk about all things leadership because leadership isn't just what you do, it's who you are. So we help to make you a better leader, help keep your sanity, and make your team better so you make more money. So every week we talk about a different topic that helps you do all those things. So hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Tell all your colleagues and friends, and let's get a discussion going on how we can grow together as better leaders. Welcome back to the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast from across America and around the world. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share it if you feel like this can help someone. So talking like breaking down leadership into four different quads. So if you're not really getting what you want or you're not where you're where you want to be yet, or or maybe you're in a whole total frustration zone. Maybe things just aren't working out at all. You maybe you're a brand new manager, you're not quite sure what to look at first, where to put your energy in. Let me help you with that because you're going to have some issues. You're going to have some challenges. There's no way you're going to do anything important. There's no way you're going to do anything with other people that you're not going to have frustrations, that things aren't going to be competing for your time and energy. So let me break it down to four quadrants. And as we go through this, because you might be running or driving your car or whatever, you might not be able to do this, but you definitely want to do this exercise at some point, either when you get to the office or maybe when you get home, I don't know, but in writing some of this stuff down, but I want to give you some, some things you can easily map out and look at. So the first thing, the first quad, if you will, we're going to call that the balancing act, because these are things that really detract from what you're actually trying to do, which sounds kind of crazy because you have a goal, an objective, an assignment, and there's things that immediately compete for time and energy. So one of the first things, the struggle of wearing multiple hats as a leader. There's no, remember you're a leader now, which means you're getting things done through other people. You're not the person that does the one thing. You're responsible for multiple things. So that requires you have different hats. So you might be involved in hiring at one point. You might be involved in maybe promoting somebody to customer or firing them. You may be involved in creating a product. You may be involved in dealing with the customer. I mean, there's so many different things that require, require you to wear a different hat, or maybe you're involved in being in a meeting where you got to listen to someone else, all those different things. So that's one thing you got to understand that and you got to know which hat to wear. So that's one thing. That's, that's, that's number one in the balancing act is, is accepting the fact that you are going to wear multiple hats. 
because it's very frustrating when you're trying to do one thing, but you got to do something else. Maybe it's an emergency, maybe it's just urgent and you got to put on the other hat, but you have to be okay with that. Second thing, how to balance team development and business goals, because you have things you have to get done, but you have to develop people. You have to have a succession plan. You have to create an environment where people are learning and growing and taking on more responsibility. And that takes time. And how do you do that when there's a competing goal of, hey, we have to get this project done. So you have to understand where is the time and place for that. You have to really plan that out. And if you're frustrated by this, which most leaders do get frustrated because they know they got to develop their people. They just know it. But at the same time, time is the problem. But you have to be very strategic about that. You have to do that in order to move the ball forward. Another issue in the balancing act is the importance of delegation in leadership. In other words, you can't do everything because you have to, you have all these hats to wear. You have to worry about all these different components and pieces of the operation. And who can you delegate to? Who do you micromanage because they're new or they don't understand a new process? You have to be willing as a good leader to delegate. And when you think about, well, how do I have some team development? Delegation is a great tool to do it, to really see who can do what. And what's interesting is it's like, if you get a star player on your team and they're, they're based, but they're a ball hog and they don't treat people right. You'd be amazed when you remove that person, how much other people step up. So the question is, are you the ball hog as a leader that you're not, you're, you're so worried about being responsible for stuff. You're not willing to let anybody have anything. You really got to learn and focus on delegation. So time management tips for busy leaders is another balancing act. When do you do what you need to do when? Well, that's what you got to figure out as far as what is actually the behaviors, the daily behaviors that they, they get you the business goals, the team objectives. What are those things that you can key in on so it becomes part of how you do business, not a whole nother laundry list of things to do. So you really got to think about time management, where you as a leader are going to invest. So we just had the, 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 the point about team development versus business goals. Well, a few minutes before a big sales presentation obviously is not the time to develop the team. You have to be strategic about it. You have to plan some of this stuff out. And then the role of empathy in leadership. This is something over the, just really the past few years has become quite the big discussion on how do you lead with empathy? In other words, how do you lead from the perspective of how do you help that person in front of you rather than just bark orders? Because, you know, I'll tell you, leadership nowadays is exponentially more challenging than it's ever been because you can't be that authoritarian, just go do what I said, even though a lot of people still do that. But to really grow your team, to have some empathy and understand your team, your team members, what their frustrations are, what their challenges are, so you really can move them forward. So you got all of that playing in the balancing act. In the second quad, we'll get right into direct frustration. So the challenge of leading a diverse team. So by diverse, you know, you can look at it a, a multitude of different ways, but think about it in who's has, who has the ability to do what? Who, like, like we were saying earlier, you can delegate stuff to some people, but not to others. What's their skill set? How do they get along? Do they understand each other? How do you handle conflicts within the team? Do you promote healthy conflict, professional conflict, meaning we're challenging ideas 
But once we make that decision to do something, that's what we're doing. Do you have that kind of thing going on? Because the stress of meeting KPIs and its impact on leadership. In other words, when you don't feel like, even though you're doing all the right things, you're putting the right energy into the right things, maybe you're not quite hitting that key performance indicator and it just ruins your psyche. Like you believe you're failing, your team thinks they're failing because that's going on. And then all of a sudden, what you're doing doesn't feel like it matters. And that really takes away from how you're going to be positive, promote the team, how you're going to start inching the ball forward with little victories versus big victories and kind of get them back on track. And dealing with underperforming team members, how long do you allow someone to detract from the team? And this can get kind of tricky, especially if you're in a large corporation. A lot of times that isn't really up to you or it's a super long process and everybody else in the team is like, when is somebody going to deal with this person? And really having the best thing you can do, especially if you're in that situation, is have such a high standard of team culture that a lot of times that person will excuse themselves. They will leave on their own because they realize, they really do realize they can't hang with you guys and they are the outlier and they're not really built for working at that level. That's the biggest thing you do is have such a high standard of how you treat each other, how you treat the customer, how you come together as a team that they know they just shouldn't be there. And a lot of times those folks will excuse themselves. You'd be surprised. Or how to manage your own frustrations as a leader. You're going to have them. And how does the team view you when you're frustrated? So you think about like right now, you know, football's in full swing. That head coach is right on the sideline. There's no hiding how that coach or even some of the assistant coaches feel about whatever's going on in the game. But how, how do you deal with your frustrations? Because that is really going to guide your team and tell more of a story of who you are than what you say you are. So in other words, if you're in a meeting and you're talking, you know, you just got the team around, you're really talking about succeeding, but then you're this different person while the work is being done or the game being played, if you want to use that analogy, how do you manage your own frustrations? Like, what do you have built in to really think about, I know there's going to be problems that are really going to get me off track and how do you stay on track? How do you fix that? So you are there for your team in full capacity or do you just go to the micromanage part that you, it's just easier to do. And, but I'm telling you, you will burn out way faster when you can't quote unquote, trust your team. Cause that's what you're really saying when you're micromanaging, when you don't have to, so when you think about situational leadership stuff and going through their um, pendulum, well, of course, if they're brand new or they don't understand a whole new procedure, well, yeah, micromanaging is what you should be doing until they really understand what they're doing. But if you're doing that all the time, you'll never keep up with all the spinning plates. You'll never do it. And you will burn out faster than anything trying to do some of those things. So... That's a pretty big list I've already mentioned already. And this is what I'm saying. Like later, you really should sit down and replay this podcast and jot a couple of these down because I'm sure some of them probably resonate with you, I'd imagine. But you really have to be good at these first two quads. Think of it this way. You need to be good with you before you can really help others. You need to be good with 
balancing and handling frustrations in a proactive way. Like you understand that they're going to happen and already be thinking about, well, what am I going to do when they when they do happen and, and have some forward thinking? There's always going to be interruptions and challenges, but the most proactive you are in these two quads, quads one and two, in the balancing and frustrations, this is what really sets you up for really starting to achieve things in the other quadrants. So getting into quadrant three, when you talk about achieving company goals, because yeah, I get it. You're the leader and all of that. And it doesn't matter how much you talk about whatever it is. And at the end of the day, your company wants results. You want results. You're, you're a small business owner. You want results. So a lot of people talk about setting SMART goals for your team, but key in on the M and the R. So I'm going to say it even though it sounds cheesy because everybody says it in every training thing, but SMART goals are, are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound. But what are you really measuring and are they really realistic? I mean, how many goals have you seen set that aren't based in reality? It's just we'd really like to hit this number and wouldn't that be great? And we really want to stretch people and all that stuff. So if you're going to do SMART goals, you really got to key in on that M and that R. And the next thing is like, how do you keep the team motivated towards company goals? And I talk a lot about this in previous podcasts where we talk about winning and people understanding, you know, we're talking about hitting a company goal or maybe it's a department goal or a division goal. Maybe it's something more in your world. Does your team even understand what winning really means in, in your world? Like, what is a win? Secondly, do they understand that the things they do each and every day contribute to that winning? Do they know what those things are? Do they know what behaviors and decisions they should be making in order to achieve that winning? And they shouldn't know or shouldn't have to really look around a lot to figure out whether they're winning or losing. Like, do they know they're on the right track? Do they understand that? Because they have to be able to have an understanding of what winning is, knowing that what they're doing each and every day connects to that winning, that they're not just kind of there and everybody's achieving, but nobody really knows what that means. Because if you don't have, it's like giving praise for nothing specific. You're doing a great job. Love you. And then you're like, great, thanks. And then, but then you really start thinking, well, what am I doing? That is great. I want to keep doing it. But if I don't know what that is, you can't really continue. So that's how you keep people motivated toward company goals is really understanding the winning process and the role of communication, achieving those goals. If you're not talking about that, really talking about the behaviors you want that are those winning behaviors, they're not going to repeat them. Or using data to drive decision-making. In other words, a lot of people look at their, well, I just, I just know this is the way or whatever. But man, if the data is staring you in the face and telling you this isn't working, like say, let's say, for example, you're creating a couple of different products, right? And you really think, man, this is an amazing idea. But then you're looking at the energy it takes to make it. What is the profit margin? Is it really worth your time? And you might find, even though you love it, you think it's great, it might not be the right thing. It may, it may not make any sense. It's not the most profitable. It doesn't really move your team forward. It doesn't have anything to do with your goals. 
the data, trust the data, but understand this, you know, in a lot of times data reports, a profit loss statement, right? All of those are history reports. They already happen. They're just telling you, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm, they're like buoys in the water. Your boat's going in a certain direction. You stay between the buoys, right? It's just helping guide you if you really read them and use them, but also breaking down what's, what's causing those numbers to move in what direction. Again, getting back to daily behaviors. So like, are you celebrating small wins to boost morale? Again, I'm talking about the buoys in the water. They, they keep moving you in the right direction. So you think about somebody who just talked to a customer on the phone and you heard, a, you heard at least, you know, their side of the conversation, what you could hear. But at that moment that it happened, do you walk up to that person and say, Hey, I heard what you said on the phone. That's perfect. Keep doing that. The small wins, any chance you can do that because if you want to be, and I'm sure I would hope most of us want to be positive leaders, you have to put some investments in the bank. In other words, if you want to have the right to go correct a behavior, then you got to have more in the bank about what's right. If Because you got to remember, this is you know, going to stretch out over a period of time that day in and day out, what are you constantly talking about? Is it Everything that's wrong, which most managers tend to lean on, or do we find a way to, to say, hey, this is what's working. Keep doing this because you have to have some adaptability and goal achievement. That's always another one is that, hey, I made my goal for third quarter back in the beginning of the year. Well, what if the environment is totally different now? You just kind of, well, the goal is the goal and that's that. But if we're really not looking at who our people are, we're not looking at what the data is telling us, we're not looking at what our customers are telling us, maybe that goal isn't as realistic. Maybe something changed in the marketplace that has nothing to do with any of your plans or your ability, but you don't have the, it changed. Are you big enough to say, hey, this goal has got to be different now? Hey, maybe it's even going to be a better goal. Who knows? So that's quad three. That's enough to work on right there. So quad four, developing people. This is really the one that requires a lot of time investment in order to really grow your team because you want your team to be efficient, effective. You want to grow people, but you got to get stuff done. And you can't go to your, your boss and say, yeah, I know we're, we're working on this goal, but I'm really growing my team. But these are things you still have to do to really have a high level performance. So when you think about developing people, you know, the, the importance of individual development plans, you can't put everybody in the same box. Everybody isn't at the same level. They don't respond to the same type of feedback you give them, all of that. And Speaking of feedback, is the feedback, do they know, even before you give the feedback that, hey, I'm here to make it better. I'm here to help you get better. Do they, they know you don't mean to harm them. They really understand where you're coming from when you are giving feedback. That's why it's so critical that the feedback has to make sense or, you know, where I always equate this because I coached high school wrestling for several years and, and I was guilty of this for a while too. 
But while wrestlers are, are wrestling, a lot of times there'll be a break in the action. They'll go out of bounds or the whistle will blow, whatever. And I'm always intrigued because you only have uh, five, 10 seconds at the most 20. If somebody's not hurt or injured or whatever, it's pretty quick to the next, um, you know, before the whistle blows again. And I, I can't tell you how many times coaches start yelling at them about something that's wrong or this or that. And if you only have a few seconds, it's like, tell them what they need to do next. Because you got to remember when you're, you know, you're going off about what's wrong. Not only are you taking that time to do that versus telling them what's right, you're also changing their mindset. So as the, as the next, you know, the whistle blows and they got to start wrestling again, they're thinking about what not to do rather than moving forward. So that's why your, your feedback has got to make sense. It's got to be a help. And they need to understand that. And you almost have to have a conversation with people just about feedback in general before you start giving it. So you really can do that. So you, when you think about the role of mentorship and leadership, that's what those go hand in hand as far as are you constantly trying to make them better what, some way, one way or another, you're really trying to drive them forward, but really being a mentor, like you've established, hey, you can come to me and say, I don't understand this. And then they don't have to worry six months later that you put it on their work performance evaluation. They didn't understand it. Like there, there's a trust there that you're a true mentor. Now, it's another thing, like when you think about behaviors of people who truly like things that should be on a performance evaluation where they're, they're lazy or they don't, they don't seem to care or things like that, or they refuse to learn new things. That's a little different, but somebody comes to you with a true problem, uh, an understanding of something that is, if they're the second you do explain it, that they are, okay, I got it. And they, they do change and run with the ball, if you will, that shouldn't be back on their evaluation other than to say, hey, when so-and-so has a problem and they come to me with it and they're given a solution, they're given a way to get better, they do it. That would be a great thing to put on evaluation that they seek more understanding, they seek more clarity, but once they have it, they actually get better. That's what you really want. You want to be, a, that's what a mentor really is. There's not judgment in there. There's not I'm going to use this against you later. You really are trying to help them. And when you're thinking about encouraging a culture of continuous learning, you have to have that. Like in other words, in leadership, you have to have that continuous learning and reading and just ingesting several different resources that keep your mind focused on becoming that better leader versus um, oh, I've, I've led this way forever and that's that, and I'm never going to change or grow. So if you're, you're going to have continuous learning, well, you got to live that too. They got to see, Hey, oh man, I just read this book. You should check it out. Oh, Hey, I just saw this person on YouTube. You should, you should watch that video. Just things like that. That's how you really get continuous learning going on. Because what you really want to be able to do is really start to identify and nurture those high potential employees. In other words, thinking about succession planning down the road, six months, a year, two years. How do you get your team forward? Well, it's a mixture of, yeah, you want your team to move forward, but you got to look at that individual and say, hey, 
this person's got a lot of potential because every time I try to help them, they want the help and then they get better from it. Those are the kinds of people you really need to surround yourself with. That's what builds a strong company culture in development is that whole thing playing out. So that's when you think about quadrant four, that's really the long game. That's really something that's continuous all the time that you're not going to solve. So how do you pull this all together? So here's, here's the exercise I want you to do. So again, when you have some time, if you're not driving or running or whatever, take out a sheet of paper, draw a line from the top to the bottom in the middle of the page, and then a line in the middle going across. So you guess that we made four quads. So then label each quad balancing, another quad frustration, another quad uh, company goals, and the fourth quad developing people. And the first thing you want to do is circle the title that causes the most problem for you. The, the thing that is really in the way of you getting to where you want to be or getting your team to where you want to be. That's what you really want to do. You really want to identify, I'm sure you can, you, you may not even need to know this down to figure it out. But before you put energy into the most frustrating quad, you need to understand that the quads balancing and frustrations are really mindset driven and the goals in the development are time and investment driven. So there's, there's two different ways of looking at two of each of these goals out of the four. So let me say that again. When you're really looking at trying to fix something is that balancing and frustrations are mindset driven and goals and developing are time and investment driven. So two require change in how you respond to challenges and two require some planning and daily investment. So you can't solve development problems in a week. You have to be good with that. So most importantly, also write down which quads you're good in. Don't forget that because often, like when somebody says, tell me your strengths, are you going to work on your weaknesses? No, you should work on your strengths that you so so much that your weaknesses aren't a problem. So that's where you should put your focus. So write down what you're good in because I don't want to make this all about frustrations because a lot of what you do, what you're good in, you can apply to what's frustrating you. So remember to celebrate and focus on what's good because so many times we get so wrapped up, you got to remember it robs time and energy. You cannot be in two different emotional states at once. So the more you're in one, you can't be in the other, but it's like a buy one, get one free when you flip the script on that and you really are, are focused in on what is good. But here's what you got to do. You got to pick a time during the week and it doesn't matter if it's Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, whatever is good for you. But you got to pick the same time every week to really review your progress, to look at, hey, this is what I, I'm good at and this is what's frustrating me and understanding how out of the four quads, two are mindset and two are investment and time driven and share it with your team. So everybody's a part of your growth. Like don't pay your team to guess on what's important or what, what you feel like um, needs to be worked on because your team could point a lot of things out. They can help you with a lot of this stuff and, and say, yeah, you know what? I feel the same way or I've seen the same things and here's what I think we should do. So don't pay your team to guess. 
get them involved and help you out. If you're constantly moving forward, if you're constantly looking at these things and questioning yourself and saying, where can I improve a little bit here and a little bit there? There is no way you can't get better. I promise. So what did we learn today? How did you grow just a little bit? Or more importantly, how can you help someone else grow? That's the whole point of Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, hit that subscribe button. Tell all your colleagues and friends and neighbors all about the show. Give us comments, feedback, things like that. We will grow together and we will see you next week on the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast.